Hi, and welcome to RSG. I'm your host, Philip Addison. Have you ever been in a situation like this? It's Halloween night, no costume, and you're wondering, what am I going to do? Well, as we know, Halloween just came and went, but it's going to come right around the corner again. Here are some costume ideas for you. If you're leaving your house and you think, man, I don't have a costume, the lampshade. Lampshade. Great hat. Poke some eye holes through it, if you have an old one, and wear it as a fun party costume. Secondly, the bed sheet. Got an old one? Got a brand new one? You can be a ghost. No one will know it's you, even if you spill something at the party. Three, you can dress up as a pumpkin. Paint yourself orange. Big game in Tennessee this weekend with the dogs. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of RSG. Phil, what a start here on the RSG. And Joey Peterson, we have documented evidence that he went for Halloween as a pumpkin in that Tennessee orange. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He's down to his second layer of Tennessee orange. He's been taking those layers off each week. And tomorrow he'll be in his single layer ready for that UGA versus Tennessee game live in Athens tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern time kick on CBS. Phil, I've got a surprise for you. Yesterday, I sent you a text message last night, and I said, Phil, the Toner 777 has been stolen. Well, I've got great news. The Toner 777 is back, baby. That's right. All the money that you invested into the <laughs> Toners is back. We are live on the RSG and we're better for it because the toner is back. Listeners, I don't know if you knew this, but Phil and I last night were conversing. I seem to have lost my recording mic and came to the conclusion that it must have been stolen because I can't find it anywhere. I've done a deep clean of everything everywhere. And sure enough, it's below my desk on top of the mini fridge, which will be a great parlay into a segment we're having later. That's a teaser for you. Stay tuned a little bit later in the podcast. Phil, I'm so glad the toner's back. I know you're even more excited than I am. Jake, I mean, when I got that text last night that we thought the toner had been stolen, you had to think uh, there were a couple of different suspects. Uh, obviously, uh, the first one that comes to mind is John Brock, my brother-in-law. You know he records his own Dungeon & Dragons podcast, and he needs that toner as well. You knew he was going to bring it back, but he is slick and comes in like a thief in the night sometimes. <laughs> And he uh, was definitely a suspect. And then you also have to think of Dave Aranda. I mean, a guy that also has probably recorded a lot of podcasts in his days, someone who hopefully will be on the show here soon. Uh, he's another guy that you knew was going to take the toner, but always bring it back. Probably better than he found it. Maybe another toner. And then obviously Scott Drew, another guy that you knew would have left an IOU. So we ruled him out immediately knowing that it couldn't have been Drew. Phil, I can't believe you mentioned those three guys because I've got a quick 10-second story on each of those men. I saw John Brock as I was leaving the Student Life Center just a few days ago. It was a great encounter. I was in a rush. He was in a rush coming in. Great encounter with him. A friend and I were donating plasma at the BioLife Center here in Waco on Tuesday night. Our wives were out uh, just having a good time that night. And so um, we were uh, just said, we're going to go donate some plasma. And I got a text from my friend and uh, I didn't realize that I was sitting next to a guy that looked just like Dave Aranda. And he said, me, Jake and Dave donating plasma. And then thirdly, Scott Drew last night, he was at a um, uh, high school 
uh, small Christian high school in Tyler, Texas, speaking as the keynote speaker, and they raised half a million dollars last night for that school. Scott Drew in attendance, my good friend, co-best man in the wedding, Colton Claxton was there in attendance, gave me the rundown. Scott Drew just continues to be legendary. Phil, we've got a ton of updates here. The toner's back. Um, I'll get into a few more here in just a moment, but give me a quick update from Atlanta. I know you had an interesting group teams chat with some coworkers this week. Jake, you know, uh, at uh, my job at LifeWorks as an account service representative, I work with many, many amazing, beautiful middle-aged women. And a lot of these mothers, uh, they, you know, will get on uh, a meeting that's supposed to last about 15 minutes and turns into 45 minutes of banter um, about how their kids are doing and where they are and, the just journey of motherhood, which my friend Andrew Turner and I can only relate so much to, but they do enjoy uh, our presence and being there. We had a team chat yesterday where our boss found out you can group people together like you're sitting in a theater of sorts, but then have different backgrounds. So we were under the sea at one point. We were in a video game at one point, and then we were in the mountains at one point. And I mean, these women just loved it. And uh, it was hilarious. A great time. Uh, another thing that happened this week for my wife and I, we were on a walk in our neighborhood in Atlanta. Uh, and Isabella is not one for Halloween decorations. Not sure how Paige and uh, you feel about Halloween decorations, the Talbert household. But I saw a hilarious Halloween decoration, a bunch of different skeletons. Skeleton riding a donkey um, in the pine straw. And thought to myself, could this be uh, a, a, a Christmas slash uh, Jesus coming into the moment foreshadowing into the next holiday season? Who knows? But um, the great thing about the Halloween season, I think, for my wife and probably you and I included, and your wife as well, is that the Halloween decoration season is over. Phil, I couldn't agree more. The Halloween decorating season is over. In fact, I have it on the calendar. Going to get some heat here on the RSG from this, from some of the listeners. But the Christmas decorations at the Talbert House, some of them will be going up this Saturday. Wow. We are excited. It's going to be a good time. Speaking of Christmas, Phil, last night about, oh, what was it? About 8.30, I'm driving home. And I see this car on the interstate, I-35 southbound, and I see a UGA sticker on the back of it. So I cruised up to the UGA sticker. This car had just passed me. Now I'm passing it again. And as I get closer, there loves you. That's what the, the custom license plate said, was Santa Heart You. And then I passed the car. I looked to my right, Santa Claus driving that car. And I just thought, what a great dichotomy. Speaking of dichotomy, they do have a Dungeons and Dragons League down at Dichotomy in Waco, which John Brock might be a part of. Not sure. But the dichotomy of that was just the fact that we're jumping on the pod today with a UGA grad. Christmas is coming. Too much not to mention Wanted to, to shout this out here in Waco. I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to our good friend Darren Asmussen and his team, KOT Jefferson, Kappa Omega Tau Jefferson. They are entering the flag football playoffs. They got a first round bye in the men's rec league division, but they are outscoring their opponents 146 to zero 
entering the playoffs after three shutouts in the regular season. And Asmussen told me he has his eyes set on McLean Stadium or bust. Just, Phil, what are your thoughts on this scoring outburst from KOT Jefferson and the Darren Asmussen-led team? I mean, Jake, I mean, there's there's not much else you can expect from Asmussen and company. I mean, it is truly McLean or bust these days. I mean, and and we both know it is a um, – it, it is not tough – or it is not an easy league to play in when it comes to Baylor intramurals. Uh, there's a lot of grit, a lot of fight, a lot of history between a lot of those teams – uh, I'm going to take uh, the the over every time when those guys are playing. Uh, and I'm wishing them the best going in to hopefully a championship run. No doubt about that. Phil, we're going to keep this thing moving. There are so many highlights we could continue to hit on, but we're going to keep it moving for the listeners. It's Friday, November 4th here in Waco, Texas. Not ironically, it's also Friday, November 4th. They're in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's National What Day yet again, National Candy Day today, and I am still recovering from all of the candy that I had over Halloween, not to mention my brother-in-law works in um, upper management with Eminem Mars Company, so we always have a surplus of candy, um, so I've got a load of Starburst and M&Ms here in my office right now, but it's National Candy Day Phil, what are your top five candies that you have? Some of you, just your top candies. Jake, I uh, have always been uh, a Snickers guy through and through. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Uh, I, you know, I thought I'd get away from this as an adult. And I have a little, but when I go to the movie theater, I just crave Skittles. I mm, want so I, good. I want Skittles, uh, just original, uh, not a sour Skittles guy as much. I'm a Reese's Cup guy, but I think the Christmas tree Reese's or the Easter egg are two of the best type of Reese's. Just that uh, just that feel you have between both of those rather than the normal cup is something different. The York peppermint patty, my parents get them for me in my Christmas stocking every year. I eat about probably 15 or 20 of them throughout the day watching NBA Christmas games. I've definitely gone down on the New York Peppermint Patties as recent years just to uh, hold stable weight. But then my sleeper, the Charleston Chew, it's one of my favorite candies. Not very popular amongst the younger crowd, but I love a good Charleston Chew as well, Jake. Phil, that's a great list. Some of those I had never heard of, and I'm surprised that the York Patties he made it in there for you. I didn't strike you as a York Patty guy, but now hearing it in the flesh on the RSG, it does make sense. Phil, I'm going to throw out a couple. The giant chewy sweet tarts, the ones that come in the four pack you buy them at the gas station. I love those things. If I had to give a top five, I would shoot off with Twix at my number five. I love a great Twix bar. Number four, I would go with the Sour Punch Bites. I'm a huge Sour Punch Straws guy, but I love the Bites, specifically the combo package of the green, the red, and the blue. My number three would be Dots. Now, I know Stephen Craig in particular is probably going to, I'm going to get a text from him on this. I love Dots. Cannot think of a candy that that is just my more go-to in a lot of ways, but I've got two ahead of it. Number two would be my Sour Bright Crawler Gummy Worms, the trolley brand. So good. Specifically the red and yellow one. That's my favorite. And then number one coming in for me, favorite candies, the original Mike and Ike's. I can what? eat those things all day long and not even get tired of them. I could have a I could have a box every day. 
Wow, Jake, I'm gonna ask you really quick. The Mike and Ike is a number one. Is it's crazy. I also do like Mike and Ike. I'm gonna ask, do we love or hate Twizzlers on this podcast? Oh my gosh, Phil, that is something that only you can decide for yourself. On my end, it's one of those things that I can't say. I I actually hate Twizzlers, but yet I somehow yeah. always end up grabbing for them. Yeah, and it's like, why am I doing that? Yes, you know what I'm saying. I don't. I I I'm a firm believer that. Twizzlers uh, just they just they're one of those things just exists like yes you you're gonna grab for them and you're gonna eat one and be like why did I just do that what's the point you know I completely agree you look back and you say that was an unwise decision very unprudent (laughs) in the moment and yeah I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there Phil this next national day I'm gonna let you kick off because I think you're really one of the leaders in this uh for the young adult population Jake I'm so thankful you said that you know it's national men make dinner day on Friday November 4th best dinner I have ever made uh you know I'm gonna stay away from the air fryer here because it's really not me making it it's just me doing it you know Jake Over the years, my roommates at the Lodge in Athens uh, always gave me a hard time. But now you know that I'm married and really have my bearings down on cooking in the kitchen. I make a mean chicken cheese quesadilla. Maybe throw some guac or some salsa on there, pico de gallo, whatever you may feel. Isabella, my wife, is an incredible cook. But when I do get in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. I want to do my very best for her. I'm going quesadilla. It's easy to do. John Brock actually taught me a trick when he was staying with us. It's the two tortilla, one on bottom, one on top, rather than just folding, but having both tortillas on um, quesadilla changed the game for me. Big time change. Great wisdom there from young John Brock. Phil, I'm going to keep us in the Tex-Mex category. I'm going to go best dinner that I've made. Enchiladas with green sauce in the... Uh, in the skillet, in the oven. This was a phenomenal move. Wrapped up the tortillas, chicken, seasoned those things up, uh, wrapped them up, put the green verde sauce on, and then some cheese over the top. Turned out great. Maybe the best enchiladas I've ever had. I'm going to say that's the best dinner that that I've ever been a part of in the kitchen. I feel like my go-to, though, is chicken fried rice. I can cook up a mean chicken fried rice in the kitchen. Feel like it always hits home. It's a good one. Phil, it's also National Jersey Friday. We were talking about earlier in the pregame how we're entering the stage of our life where we don't just wear jerseys to work every day. Now, I have worn a jersey this year to work, I will say, over the summer. um, Still love a good jersey. Phil, what is the best jersey that you have owned or currently own? Jake, I mean, this uh, is a question that I think a lot of people in my life could answer for me. Uh, I have owned over, uh, this is no exaggeration. I have owned over 130 jerseys in my life from when I was in high school to at this point. I think I am now down to six or seven. Um, I, at one point, had an Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. And we'll put all of these uh, photos, uh, listeners, on the uh, Instagram uh, for our next post. I had an Odell Beckham Jr. jersey that uh, was when he was in the Giants, but it was just fifty and a hundred dollar bills, and then just his like it's a real NFL jersey. Like I found it's not real. I probably I think I found it on uh, a website, but anyway, um, 
that was one of my favorite jerseys. And then one of my, what I currently own, shout out Grant Hudeberg gave it to me, Nick's Christmas Day Ronnie Turiaf game-worn jersey. Grant's uncle uh, sells those. Jake, you've seen it at camp. Sells those jerseys game-worn um, on eBay, online. So uh, have the Turiaf Christmas Day jersey. May have to pull it out this Christmas. You will have to pull it out this Christmas. Listeners, I have a picture of Phil playing the preseason basketball tournament in this Ronnie Turiaf jersey. It goes down to his knees it, it's a great jersey, and and he was rocking, I believe, the headband with it at the time. Phil, that's a great selection. I haven't had 130. I may give myself maybe 30, so sub 100 from you. I'm going to go with a couple. The Gordon Hayward Utah Jazz jersey is one of my all-time favorites. It's a beautiful jersey, that number 20, the white jersey. It's, it's fantastic. Phil, this is one that you gifted me, the Jeff Teague number zero Atlanta jersey and it was the red chaos design that Atlanta threw out a few years ago. It's not the best design, but this now lies in the hands of a good friend, Braden Webb. He's at Auburn, probably still repping this jersey today. And then two from my youth, an Eddie George jersey, the number 27 Eddie George jersey. I got it in fifth grade, wore it proudly that year. And a number seven, Eric Crouch, the 2000, I believe, in one Heisman Trophy winner, college quarterback at Nebraska, Eric Crouch jersey. That's right. I had that one as well. Loved that jersey. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, I've had a good run with jerseys. They're fun, always fresh. Good to keep those things rolling. Uh, Phil, we have one more national day. It's <laughs> fake. <laughs> we keep rolling. National Chicken Lady Day. Not really sure what this means, Jake. We have a chicken lady we want to shout out, though. Shout out to Hortensia. We know she's faithfully listening every week with her family on the podcast. One of the, uh, greatest camp chefs we've ever seen in the kitchen uh i mean she can cut some chicken jake there's no more to say on that she really is the chicken lady and i want to give a shout out to my friend garrett west who owns a chicken t-shirt it just is a is a, a shirt but it has a chicken on it and there's some inside story there with our good friend cody terrell who i know is a faithful listener along with his daughter if you listen to episode five where phil thought that the terrells had a son but uh, his daughter, Addie Grace, speaking of birthdays, which I wasn't speaking of, but we're transitioning to, it is Matthew McConaughey's birthday today. One of the all-time greats from the University of Texas. I would say, uh, unarguably, the biggest celebrity who embraces and supports their alma mater is Matthew McConaughey. So I'll give my favorite Matthew McConaughey moment in person in the flesh was when I was at BKR with my roommates, Lewis Tandy and Peyton Lunsford in college and the video board pans over to Matthew McConaughey in his booth. He starts thumping his chest and he just gives the hook'em out the booth um, up there with all of the VIPs and the stadium lost their mind for that moment. Favorite Matthew McConaughey movie, may get some heat for this. I'm going Wedding Planner with J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey in The Wedding Planner where he acted as a young uh, doctor in that movie. Phenomenal movie. Phil, talk to me. Any thoughts? Yeah, Jake McConaughey and I actually have a past. We, um, I've also seen him uh, in Austin at a Texas game as well. Um, rocking the boots, rocking the jeans. Uh, Walking through, I actually had a couple of friends that uh, went to UT that uh, told me that he, you know, was a professor at UT and taught uh, one of the media um, like film classes and <laughs> said that he showed up to about three of them throughout the semester 
Uh, and every time he walked in, listeners, they can't see it, but he was doing the movement with his fingers like he does when he's driving the Buick, just like twiddling his fingers like this every time he walked in. Favorite McConaughey movie. Watched it recently. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Watched my wife, one of her favorites as well. Great film, Jake. We would be remiss not to give a shout out to We Are Marshall as well. We are all Marshalls here on the RSG. Um, no doubt about that. Phil, we got another birthday. That's right. Shout out to P. Diddy. Shout out Atlanta. P. Diddy, I'm coming home, Jake. P. Diddy came out with I'm coming home, I think around 2008, 2010. Uh, Jake, I, I I looked up a stat here. One in every five hype videos for college football and college basketball programs have this song as a homecoming uh, tribute, if you will. Jake, you even have a personal story about P. Diddy's song here as well. That's right. And the transition from the old Floyd Casey Stadium in the Beverly Hills region of Waco, Texas, to now the East Waco region of Waco, Texas, where McLean Stadium is, that song was the transition hype video from 2013, I'm sorry, 2014 to the 2015 season, dating back about seven or eight years ago. Great word there on our friend P. Diddy. Another birthday, Des Bryant throwing up that X today. Not sure how old our friend Des is turning, but I just want to, to take us back to that moment when Des Bryant bought a pet monkey and PETA was outraged. Des in the offseason where he had a lot of issues, he bought a monkey and drew the ire of PETA who tried to confiscate the monkey. This thing was so small, it ultimately ended up R.I.P. passing away under the care of Des Bryant. So that's one of my Des Bryant moments. Another one that I will say is when he made headlines after he was asked to leave North Park Mall in Dallas, Colin Plott's favorite shopping center, along with Keith Chancey, when Des Bryant failed and refused to pull up his sagging pants there at North Park. He was arrested um, in North Park Center. <laughs> Those are two incredible Des Bryant moments, Jake. I uh, will always remember the game against the Packers where they uh, called it an incomplete catch, but clearly it looked like he had control of the ball. Uh, I also will always be saddened by his return, signing with the Baltimore Ravens in 2020, uh, but just didn't work out with Lamar and company. Uh, we do love Des. Uh, shout out to everyone in Stillwater as well as we know that they care about him deeply. Next up, Tyrese Maxey. believe this guy is turning maybe 21 or 22, making a lot more and doing a lot more than we currently are, you could say, at least as it goes in the court of basketball-wise. This guy uh, with James Harden out for the next month, we'll see a lot of minutes for the Philadelphia 76ers already as he is starting. Uh, but, Jake, we want to give a shout-out to Tyrese as well. Who is next on the birthday list, Jake? That's right. You know, Tyrese dropped a 40-point the other night. Don't want to go without saying that. A new career high for Tyrese. Laura Bush, she is having a birthday today. One of the sweetest ladies. A neighbor here in Crawford, Texas, my hometown. Actually have a couple pictures with Laura Bush from her and George W. Bush's days. Back in the day, George W. Bush spoke at our high school graduation and so got some photos with George and Laura. They actually even called in for a high school pep rally as well, which is unbelievable. George Bush called in from the White House and said, hello, this is the president calling from the White House. Good luck tonight, Crawford Pirates. And then went on to give a pep talk to the team. Unbelievable. But today is about Laura. And you know about George. George is celebrating Laura today. 
Yeah, absolutely, Jake. And the last but not least, we have your sister-in-law. Shout out to Marissa Batten. Happy birthday, Marissa. We know her and Trevor are listening live right now. They have the feed on, uh, and we are so thankful. We know it's going to be a big celebration uh, in Columbia, Missouri for them this evening, Jake. Um, and then moving forward, Jake, uh, speaking of all of the friends we just mentioned, we have Find My Friends very quickly here, Jake. I'm going to give you an update from right here in Atlanta it seems as if Jimmy McCarthy is on his way to the office, running a little bit late, running a little bit late. Why, you might ask? He is in the drive-through at Don's right now, right off Roswell Road, about to pass my home. We think he's going to make it to work in enough time to where he can get off easy and make sure the old boss man um, doesn't catch him. Uh, slipping here late on a Friday morning, Jake. You got to think that McCarthy picked up um, the sausage McGriddle, maybe a hash brown, probably a large Coke to start his Friday. He'll be in Athens this weekend, and maybe he slipped in uh, a bacon, egg, and cheese or a potential uh, McMuffin for the boss just to you know get him off his back on Friday. Who knows? McCarthy on the move, though. Hopefully gets to work in time uh, without anyone noticing. And we know that he is going to be satisfied with Don's. He told me, this is words from Jim McCarthy himself, that he has Don's for breakfast every morning, Jake. That guy's I, metabolism know, for, is through the roof. For as good a shape as that guy is in, that is just mind-blowing to me. That guy is just a specimen on the basketball court. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's probably all the morning miles that he gets in as well. He starts his day with a morning McGriddle backed up with a morning mile. Listeners, there was a season at camp. It lasted for one day where myself, Phil Addison, and Jimmy McCarthy would run a mile every morning. It lasted for one day, but it was a great start. Uh, really got us launching off well. I'm going to go to the birthday girl, Marissa Batten. I'm going to let you all know what she's up to this morning. Looks like she is still um, maybe enjoying a sleep in morning there in Bluff Ridge, uh, right there, the neighborhood in Columbia. Um, know that her husband, Trevor Batten, is serving her this morning, but want to give a shout out to her. It's her 24th birthday, the Kobe year for Marissa. So wow. this is a big year for her. Going to be an, an, an incredible year. They're doing great things in Columbia. Phil, this next segment, this is going to be our starting five of NABs. NABs, our starting five. Phil, you have graciously given me the number one overall pick in this draft of the NABs, and I'm going to get it started. Are you ready on your end? Jake, absolutely. And as our listeners know, you know what the NABs are. If you are a listener of the RSG, NAB to RSG, Jake, who's your number one pick? Family-friendly content here on the RSG. We're sticking with the NABs, and I'm taking number one overall, the Sweet Ice Tea. Phil, you knew it was coming. It's off the board. The Sweet Ice Tea is off the board. And Phil is furious here on the live stream from Atlanta. Folks, I had to take it. It's the best beverage out there, in my opinion. Does it dehydrate you a little bit? Yes. But does it replenish every part of your body? 1,000%. Sweet Ice Tea off the board, number one. Jake, and you know, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't get any better in our two respective states than it does in Georgia and Texas as far as sweet tea goes. I mean, you have your H2O, or excuse me, the HTO uh, out in Texas uh, and a couple other places as well. But then here in Georgia, you know, that Georgia peach can't get it anywhere else. Jake, uh, my number one pick, you know what I'm going with, chocolate milk, baby. It's been there since I was youngin'. And it's going to stay chocolate milk with my number one pick. 
uh, just to roll the dice here. Love a good chocolate milk, any post game, any post workout. It's always there for me. I love that. You're going chocolate milk. I can't believe I didn't even have that one on the board. Um, I don't know why, but it was not on the board. Number two, I'm taking lemonade. It is off the board, Phil. Number two, lemonade off the board. Um, and I could have combined those two and done an Arnold Palmer, which is still now technically on the board, but I'm going to take lemonade. Number two. Jake, you knew I was coming for you because my next pick is the Arnold Palmer. I've been drinking it since I was young as well. Uh, the Arnold Palmer is my number two. I love that mix of sweet tea and lemonade. I'm not a huge fan of lemonade just by itself, Jake, but loving the Arnold Palmer as my number two pick. Great pick. Great pick. Number three, I'm going with one of the beverages. I had it every single morning as a child from about age four until I left the house to go to college. That would be our friend OJ. He makes the O, he makes the OJ, especially the Simply Orange. I love orange juice. I thought it was the most healthy drink on the planet, not realizing it had 40 grams of sugar per serving. Maybe hence why I'm still fired up at the age that I am today. I'm taking orange juice number three. Jake, I love that pick. You know me, big OJ guy, always trying to get as much as I can. My next pick, Jake, my number three, is going to be the classic Coca-Cola. I love going to any sporting event and grabbing a Coca-Cola. My mom only ever treats herself to the Coca-Cola when we are at a sporting event. Uh, it's refreshing. It's easy to drink. A lot of sugar in there, but love to treat myself to it every once in a while. Great pick with the Coca-Cola. Number four pick, I'm going with the Waco Born and Bred Dr. Pepper. Has to be Dr. Pepper. Get your ice cold, Dr. Pepper. Hip. I'm taking the Dr. Pepper off the board at number four. It's a great drink, smooth, refreshing. You always know what you're going to get, 23 flavors. Jake, I'm following up with my number four pick with the Diet Dr. Pepper. I have been hooked to this stuff as of recent Though it's, I know it's a little bit better for you, not sure by how much, but I had it right here at my number four. I'm going DDP. I like the DDP pick. I had a DDP last night at East Village Dining Hall here in Waco, Texas. And as my number five, I don't get this often, but if it's on the menu, I have to get it. I'm a pretty healthy beverage guy. I usually drink water, but the cherry Coke. I love an ice cold cherry Coke. It's fantastic. I'm taking it as my number five. Jake, I love that. And finally here, I am, I, and I'm going to upset a lot of listeners with this. I'm going with the pumpkin spice latte. A lot of people didn't see this one coming. They thought I wouldn't do it. But Jake, I know that you're not a coffee guy, but when this thing is in season, I tell you, I am like every other basic white girl in the bunch. I'm going for the pumpkin spice latte. Let's go. Let's go. That rounds out our top five on the each on each side. Now, granted, we may have taken each other's a few of them back and forth. Listeners, if you have your top five, send those our way. We've got about six and a half minutes here left on the RSG. And if you've stuck around this long, you're in for the CFP, excuse me, the CFB pick them in anticipation of the future CFP. We've got a 10 game slate here starting in Fort Worth, Cowtown, Sunny Dykes and Company, Texas Tech visiting after being blown out last week, Texas Tech visiting number seven, TCU. Phil, what are your thoughts in this game? Jake, I mean, TCU, like we talked about in the pregame, has looked strong all year, but are they going to make it out of the Big 12 undefeated? I'm not sure. I don't think this will be the week where they fall. I think they win at home by a lot. I'm going to take the Horned Frogs to cover uh, and win by a few touchdowns. 
Phil, you're taking TCU in this one. That is the smart pick. I think TCU's looking ahead. I'm taking Texas Tech after getting blown out last week in Lubbock at home on Patrick Mahomes Day. I think it was too big of a stage for them, too big of a stage for the freshman 18-year-old quarterback. I think they go into Fort Worth. TCU's looking ahead at the Baylor game, at the Texas game, uh, potentially at the Big 12 championship game, and potentially the college football playoff, and Texas Tech sneaks this one in Cowtown. Wow, Jake, I love that pick. We're moving forward to Tulsa, Oklahoma, right next to Claremore, where your wife is from, Jake. Tulane, number 19 in the country, comes into town. Andreas Magoon, Lucas Ed Hockley Magoon, and Matthew Magoon may all be there in attendance, Jake. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this program. Uh, Andreas called me a couple weeks ago and said, Philip Montgomery, head coach of Tulsa, you know, uh, only only coach in school history to defeat two top 20 teams in the same season, number 11 UCF and number 19 SMU a couple of years ago. They're calling for him to be out uh, here um, in Tulsa. Mangan doesn't like him, wants to see him go 41 and 51 overall record. I'm talking a lot about Tulsa football now, but Jake, I like Tulsa at home to Lane has been solid most of the year you know you saw them beat kansas state in manhattan i'm going golden hurricane in tulsa jake wow that's a strong pick phil i'm gonna go with the green wave i'm gonna keep riding the green wave they are seven and one on the season really i think their next three tests are the following three weeks with ucf smu and cincinnati what a way to close the year uh really speaking uh strongly there for that conference Um, but i'm gonna take Tulane on the road Jake, I like that pick. We're going to head down to College Station, Texas, where things are not going the way they plan. Florida also heads into town. They didn't really have crazy high expectations this year, but after being Utah, they thought they could be a team to beat in the East. Turns out they're not. But these are two teams that have had underwhelming years from their fan bases, Jake. You know I like to see College Station all up in arms. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Number one recruiting class, three and five. Jake, I'm taking the Gators going into College Station. Taking the Gators going into College Station. No much, no, no more conversation needed for me. I'm taking Florida as well. You know, the, the final score last week against Georgia ended up being a pretty big margin. But at one point, they had cut it to a touchdown after some blown coverage in the secondary in the third quarter. Texas A&M's offense is still abysmal. I'm taking Florida on the road. In College Station, the Aggies are going to continue to suffer. Jake, we move to Norman, Oklahoma, a game that we thought you might be at, but you're going to be covering from Waco instead, Jake. Baylor heads in, a must-win game for them to stay alive in the Big 12. Jake, I like the Bears on the road. Bears on the road in this one. I think Oklahoma's good. I just am not that impressed with Oklahoma's home field advantage, if I'm being completely honest. I know Jonathan Klein will push back on this. I'll get some tweets from him later today. However, I'm taking Baylor on the road. Blake Shapin's playing great football. Richard Reese is running well. The defense had five interceptions last week. They're playing very opportunistic ball. I'm taking the Bears on the road by two touchdowns in Norman. Wow, Jake. We head to Fayetteville where Liberty comes into town. A good program the last couple of years. Jake, I like the Hogs at home. I'm going Hogs by 10. KJ Jefferson gets it done. I'm going to take the Hogs as well. I think they get it done. They're going to get some turnovers on Liberty. Um, and I think that Arkansas is going to make a statement here. This doesn't do anything for the SEC race, but it is a big win for them. Jake, we go to Athens where I will be in attendance here for the Georgia-Tennessee game. Number one, Tennessee 
And number three, Georgia, Jake, this is going to be an all-time matchup. It's going to be loud in Sanford. One of Tennessee's ex-quarterbacks said it's not an intimidating place to play. I think the dogs are going to hear that, and Kirby's going to show them that it is. Jake, I'm taking the dogs by 13 in Athens. Phil, that is a great pick. Tickets right now as low as $470 to get into the building. UGA, Tennessee, College Game Day, CBS, primetime game. I'm taking Tennessee in Sanford Stadium. And that's right. The dogs are going to fall in this one. And I think that I'm going to get some heat. I make this pick more so for the heat I want to receive here on the podcast. I think that Tennessee's offense is just explosive. I think UGA has shown a few more weak moments. I think overall UGA is a better team. But I think that that the last couple of weeks, I've seen Tennessee put together more complete performances. I'm taking Tennessee. Jake, we go to Baton Rouge where Bama comes into town, LSU. I like the upset, Jake. I'm going Tigers at home at night. They say it's going to rain in Death Valley. Bill, I'm taking LSU as well. They're going to get it done at home. Texas at Kansas State. Give me Kansas State at home. They're flying right now. Jake, I, I totally agree. I think the Wildcats get it done. Let's head to South Bend, Jake. Clemson, your Tigers, one of your favorite teams, going up to Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame at home, Jake, in Clemson's playoff hopes. Marcus Freeman is balling out right now. The guys are rolling. Give me Notre Dame at home, too. Jake, finally, we go to Raleigh, NC State. Wake Forest comes into town. I'm taking the Demon Deeks against that defense. I'm taking Wake Forest as well. Sam Hartman, uncharacteristic game last week. He's going to get it done this week. Phil, who's your upset team of the week? Oh, Jake, I'm going Missouri at home. 11 a.m. kickoff against Kentucky. 